This is the Tribune Audio Network. This is the Backstory Podcast. I'm Larry Potash. On this show, we uncover the backstory behind some of the most intriguing tales in history, culture, science, and religion. In 1921, a white mob massacred blacks on the north side of Tulsa, Oklahoma, in what is one of the worst cases of domestic terrorism in American history. At the time, city leaders said they were embarrassed and promised complete restitution and rehabilitation of what had been destroyed. We went back to see if promises are being kept a century later. A century ago, the Greenwood District in North Tulsa is like a city within a city, and it's one of the wealthiest black areas in the country. Known as Black Wall Street, it's more of a main street with theaters and barbershops. But during a couple of days in 1921, freedom and prosperity intersects with jealousy and violence. There was just so much jealousy surrounding the prosperity of the people in the community. It was felt that black people shouldn't be able to live the way they were living, to be as prosperous and successful as they were. So that was just something that was pretty much simmering for quite some time. In 1921, the media rushes to Tulsa to cover the massacre, as it does again in 2021, when the city marks the 100th anniversary of this horrific crime. My grandparents had to run from this neighborhood, this community that they loved, only to return to find their homes and their businesses looted and destroyed. City leaders promised to dig unmarked graves to search for lost ancestors. But generations of families from Greenwood have heard promises before, only to wait and wonder if justice will ever be restored. In early America, some Native American tribes in the Southeast keep black slaves. History tells us they didn't have this gruesome ownership, you know, that you are to serve us and be treated uh, in that way. They actually made them a part of the tribe. Phil Armstrong is the interim executive director of Greenwood Rising, a museum opened in 2021 to tell a story that has been long overlooked by history. The Native Americans marry blacks and have children. During what's called the Trail of Tears, the American government forces them all to move from the Southeast to the West, places like the Oklahoma Territory. This is how blacks prosper. For the first time in American history, no other time were black people in mass given land. In the late 19th century, whites flocked to the territory, including some slave owners from the South. History shows us that there is a buildup of racial animosity. It had reached this point where all it needed was a striking of the match to set that powder keg off. And that striking of the match was the elevator incident. The elevator of the Drexel building in downtown Tulsa. May 31st, 1921. A 17-year-old woman named Sarah Page operates the elevator. A 19-year-old black man named Dick Rowland bumps into her. She screams, he runs away. 
A clerk at the store reportedly thinks Sarah has been raped. When people see the inflammatory newspaper stories in the Tulsa Tribune, a white mob gathers at the courthouse and talks about lynching Dick Rowland. Whites storm the Greenwood District. The sheriff deputizes members of the lynch mob. They shoot into homes and set buildings on fire. Planes drop Molotov cocktails. The death toll is uncertain, but it could be as many as 300. Fire burns nearly 40 blocks. More than 1,000 homes and businesses are destroyed. Brenda Nails Alford's ancestors own businesses here, a shoe shop and record store. My grandfather, who did everything he was quote unquote supposed to do, you know, he worked hard. He received his education. He started the businesses and still, you know, that wasn't enough. And to have that happen and to lose everything that you worked so hard for is devastating. On Tuesday evening, about 9.30 o'clock, I heard the report that they were going to mob a colored boy. She reads from the first book to document the case, Events of the Tulsa Disaster by Mary Parrish. The whites were killing and burning. I ran behind a cabinet, but they were crowding us so closely that I ran out to an outhouse where I began to pray. The book includes a picture of a woman on the back of a truck that she says is her great-grandmother, Rosetta Moore. Here, Brenda reads a quote from her great-grandmother. Old and young had to pile on trucks, and when we were being driven through town, men were seen clapping their hands, rejoicing at our condition. Once the national media leaves, the story of the massacre seemingly disappears, like the wood smoldering from black businesses. Nobody talks about it for decades. You have to understand the trauma of a hate-filled mob fueled by the Ku Klux Klan that can come in and literally within a matter of hours completely destroy your community, murder your neighborhood citizens, and get away with it. Since the Ku Klux Klan was in charge, I mean, they were in control of the police at that time, the mayor, anyone of influence, the judges that heard these accounts dismissed all cases. Not every white person in Tulsa was trying to kill black people. The overwhelming majority were horrified. If you as a white person were to show yourself being kind or want to stick up for these black folks, you were going to be singled out and you were going to be called a, a traitor. A half city block, the remnants of a metropolis. The 100th anniversary attracts tourists to Greenwood. What's most poignant is what you cannot see. The other 39 blocks of homes and businesses gone. From Boomtown to what can seem like a ghost town in certain spots with plaques marking where businesses once stood. When I was growing up, there were businesses still up and down Greenwood. Oh, wow. Even when I, when I was a little girl, there were... We all want the opportunity to be successful, as they were. But we would like the opportunity to carry that on for generations so that we can have generational wealth, if you will, and, and, and carry our legacies uh, forever. In the late 1990s, a commission recommends reparations for families like the Alfords, and it recommends the city dig for victims in unmarked graves. 
the recommendations are ignored. But just because history is silent, it doesn't mean that it did not take place. When the national media returns to Tulsa in 2021 for the 100th anniversary of the Black Wall Street massacre, the city promises to find those victims believed buried in mass graves, like this one at Oak Lawn Cemetery. So this area here is the 1921 mass graves. Christy Williams' great aunt survives the massacre by hiding in the Dreamland Theater. Williams honors her ancestors by serving on the Mass Graves Commission. Where we're standing at is where we found the one man with the bullet casing and it was like in his shoulder area. What the city said they were going to do is to just only investigate men because they're going by the document of those 18 men. Williams helps carry bodies from the mass graves to be examined by experts. We literally carried them from the mass grave, these women and children, and to know that this is not going to be investigated, to find out who these babies are, and that's they, devastating. They would say that there's no documentation. Exactly, but they're, they're looking at documentation from people who participated in the massacre. Ridiculous. And what also amazing... Kevin Ross is on the Tulsa Graves Commission, too. When we peel back that layer of dirt over 100 years and to find all those remains in one spot that was not documented, it does make it suspect that, you know, we need to look at everything. Tulsa Mayor G.T. Bynum did not want to do an on-camera interview. He has said this is not a history project, it's a murder investigation. Yet no district attorney has ever investigated one of the worst crimes in American history. No one has ever been held accountable. Oklahoma is a very conservative state. Ross says both Democrats and Republicans have done little. He gives Tulsa Republican Mayor G.T. Bynum credit for at least doing the dig and listening to their concerns. But Bynum is against reparations for the loss in generational wealth. And it's obvious the city was, at, during that time, was at fault for deputizing this mob that destroyed the community. And so there's a debt that the city does have to pay. During the massacre, the mob destroys Vernon AME Church. It's since been rebuilt. The original basement is intact, along with the cornerstone of the building. And today, it remains the cornerstone of the Greenwood District. It's a metaphor for Black Wall Street, a strong foundation. In fact, what most don't realize is that blacks rebuilt Wall Street on their own. Five years after the massacre, about 75% of Greenwood is rebuilt. This room is, is, is a testament to change the up and down fortunes of Greenwood. It was destroyed, they bring it back. And they bring it back twice the size than what it was. It took a hit during downturns in the economy, and then what Armstrong describes as another form of oppression, an overpass straight through the heart of Greenwood. Somehow these interstate programs always went through where the black side of town was in that city. You can't say that that's just a coincidence. Some call it urban renewal. Others call it urban removal. Blacks in Tulsa tell their children to get an education and move on. It was a couple of generations. Um, Tyrance Billingsley is giving them a reason to stay. 
He hopes to rebuild Black Wall Street into Black Tech Street. Look at the industry, it's not very reflective of us. So yes, there's a narrative that needs to shift that says we can go and be the next founders who uh, create the next billion dollar tech companies or the technologists who help revolutionize the world. He brings people together with companies like NASA and Hewlett Packard. What could Black Wall Street have been had it been supported and not destroyed? And how do I, how do I help realize that vision since I can't go back in time? Keith Ewing is one of the few businesses in Greenwood now. This is my farmer's office. I've had it for uh, eight years. I've been. He moves from Detroit to open a branch of Farmers Insurance. What does it mean to you to be a part of what was? So um, I feel like I'm, I'm helping reestablish it. Uh, having multiple businesses uh, on Greenwood, I, I feel like this is what would make the ancestors happy. Descendants insist restoring justice isn't a matter of black and white, but wrong and right. Today, descendants only have plaques where their ancestors' businesses once stood, reminding them of what was and what might have been. We contacted Tulsa City leaders, aside from the representative from the Greenwood District who supports reparations, none of the other city councilors returned our calls for comment. Mayor G.T. Bynum also refused our request for an interview. Thanks for listening to Backstory. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute to subscribe to our podcast or leave a review. To watch our full coverage of this story and see some that didn't make it to the podcast, visit us online at WGNTV.com slash Backstory. This has been a production of the Tribune Audio Network.